All right, I think that's me next then, if I'm looking at the worship guy correctly. Good morning. Uh, <clears throat> I was going to say Friends of Peace, but I will now and forever only call us Peaceniks. So uh, <clears throat> good morning, Peaceniks, and Happy New Year to you. Now, if you are new to Peace of Christ or new to a liturgical type community, uh, it's not January 1st. Don't worry, you did not sleep through a month. Um, it is the beginning of the church year. And so you see, uh, we, we've started the season of Advent and Advent starts the church calendar. Church calendar is made up of, of some different times throughout the year that, that mark uh, celebrations and that mark the way that we live our lives. The color for Advent is purple. Uh, you'll see uh, my purple stole here with, and you can't see this, but it's got uh, some Advent candles down here. And, and so uh, just we, we do things a little differently in the church and, and um, we, we have the pleasure as the church Catholic to be marked by a different time, by different rhythms and different practices. And you've seen some of those already this morning. You're joining us for the start of Advent. Advent is a season of waiting, a season of anticipation, a season of darkness as Matthew has already so uh, wonderfully introduced us to this morning. And so if you were joining us this morning and, and um, looking for uh, happy fun times, this is not the place for that. Uh, we, we will get there, but it's important for us to understand the darkness and to understand what it means to be guided, not in the darkness, but by the darkness in our lives. Who wouldn't want to start their holiday season talking about darkness? It's fun. It feels good. It gives us the warm fuzzies. The thing to consider here is that while there is much to be excited about and thankful for, we just celebrated a, a holiday that is at least partially uh, dedicated to being thankful and sharing that thankfulness in our lives. But we have to acknowledge that there is darkness, something that I think most of us have no problem doing after this year, as Matthew has mentioned. We're continuing to live through a global health crisis that isn't just global for some of us. It has hit incredibly close to home. This has led to many people experiencing job loss, which has led to income insecurity housing insecurity, food insecurity. This virus has had a disproportionate impact on communities of color, on poor communities and on indigenous peoples. In our own community here at Peace this year, there has been death, deep anxieties, and any number of other dark experiences that many of you have seen in the prayer emails that we all get. But I do think we would now prefer for our pastors to record for us. Uh, it was a delightful experience there. In addition to the delightful song from Love Actually, the best problematic Christmas movie of all time, Christmas is all around us, but so it seems is darkness. 
In the gospel reading today, we saw Jesus discuss some apocalyptic prophecy. Again, just a wonderful uh, Christmas time tradition. And that's well and good, but let's zoom in on the images of darkness found therein. The sun will go dark. The moon will give no light. The stars will fall, and by virtue of a function they serve, no longer give light. Then there's the parable that Jesus gives, and we don't know when the master in this story will come back. Evening, midnight, at the time of the cock crow, at dawn, not mid-morning, not noon, not afternoon. All the times that Jesus lists as the possibilities are times that we associate with being dark. Jesus doesn't tell us to sit and wait and do nothing. We know that um, despite many people uh, in the history of the church and of our culture uh, claiming to know that it is time that Jesus is coming back, that Jesus is here. Um, for many of us, uh, we remember that that, that was uh, a popular understanding of Y2K. Uh, I know that uh, some of our younger friends don't remember that as TikTok has so uh, importantly reminded me this week. Um, and I know that some of our older members uh, might even remember 88 Reasons Jesus is Coming Back in 1988. Um, spoiler alert, didn't happen. Uh, sequel, 89 Reasons Jesus Will Come Back in 89? Mm -mm, nope. We don't know when it's going to be, but Jesus doesn't tell us to sit and wait and do nothing. We are to keep awake. He says, keep awake. Keep awake. And in this season of Advent, we're not only remembering the looking forward to the coming of the Messiah, we ourselves are looking forward to the coming of Christ again someday. We live in the tension of the already, not yet. Christ has come, and, and that's what we are looking forward to here in uh, what, what we would culturally consider the Christmas season. But Christ has not yet come again. and makes clear to us that we don't know when that will be. And in case you haven't made this connection in your own life, we live in a world much like that of the Gotham and Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns. Yes. Gotham has gone to shit. And Batman had come before and changed the city. But Batman has since left, and the city has been turned over to gangs and killers. Now, if you've seen the popular Christopher Nolan uh, adaptation, it's fine, it's okay. Uh, but Frank Miller's comic is just uh, delightful, and you should definitely read it this Advent season. But in, in the early stages of Miller's Dark Knight Returns, we meet Carrie Kelly. 
Carrie Kelly is a Robin without a Batman. Carrie Kelly has been keeping awake. We are Carrie Kelly. We are to keep awake. To just get it on the nose, Jesus is Batman, okay? And we're waiting and waiting as the church has for so long for Jesus to come back. But we are to keep awake. Carrie Kelly keeps awake seeking to come alongside her Batman and do the work needing to be done in the dark. She's guided by the darkness itself to bring the light. The light of the hope of Batman when the bat signal hits the sky. And the light of the hope of God when God comes to see us as ourselves. I know here in our community of peace that our pastors have done an incredible job of being guided by the darkness this year. Making a strong and hard pivot to a robust digital community in the midst of pandemic and quarantines and lockdowns. Initially bringing us daily coffee with a pastor for months. Moving our services online, learning new skills uh, that, that they may not have had to use before and doing it so well. And, and the other members of our community that have come alongside and helped and, and been able to participate in the service and, and gotten on every week and uh, come alongside and are planning a talent show and working to plan a, a puppet show and all the other things that we've done. We have met once in person since March 13th for a truly wonderful fall festival, just awesome. And as we were all so excited to come together for a worship gathering earlier this month, and at the last minute, having to hear again that our pastors were guided by the darkness in the world right now to say, we can't do it right now. I miss you guys. I miss being with you. I miss being in person and, uh, and hugs and handshakes and hearing voices as we sing together and uh, recite liturgy together. I've been guided by darkness throughout my life. I was guided by the darkness swirling around me after the death of my father into an experience with Jesus that would change my life. I was guided by the darkness of self-pity from a lack of direction while my friends were living their lives uh, in college to a life-changing experience in New Orleans for a year. I was guided by the darkness of three miscarriages back to my hometown and to questions about faith and hope and God and belief and practice that would shake and shape and change me into the person sitting before you today. And this time last year, I was in one of the darkest places I'd been in in my life as it pertains to my mental health. I was in a job that I was miserable in. So I allowed that darkness to guide me into leaving. 
I allowed the darkness of a lack of direction once again and the changing world around us to pursue education as a therapist so that I can reach out to others in their own darkness. And those are just the highlights. So I'd like to ask you to take a moment and think about some of this is the decisions you've made in your life that you either knew then or you can identify now as being guided by the darkness. Did you end or begin a relationship? Did you, like me, leave or begin a career? Did you move? Did you take that leap that made little to no sense to you or to others? So right now, take a moment and take a deep breath and sit in stillness for a moment. Sit in the quiet as much as you're able. I know for some of us with little ones, there is no quiet. Close your eyes and maybe even turn off the lights where you are if you can and sit in the darkness and think about this. This year in the darkness and the turmoil of the pandemic, the quarantines, the election anxiety and its aftermath and the myriad other things that happen in any given year. What did you allow the darkness to guide you to do? Did something come to mind? Are you able to see that although we often shun the darkness in favor of the light, that it can be good to us? The darkness is not just for waiting. It is for keeping awake. It is for doing the work and being prepared for return. And we get to embrace darkness as a friend and allow it to guide us. I'll leave you with that thought. How can you embrace the darkness in this Advent season, the darkness that comes with waiting for the return? and allow it to guide you.